It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Shocking win. I mean, I, I think one of the most, if not the most impressive win of the entire season, what they did. Let's put it this way. This morning, I'm Googling, what was Aaron Rodgers' career low in passing yards? It was against the Von Miller Super Bowl champ Broncos. He threw for 104 yards yesterday, guys. I went from thinking this Niners are a good story. Maybe they can make the jump this year. They can win the Super Bowl this year. They really can because they're going to have home field. The defense is that good. I've never seen Rodgers look that frustrated and that lost. It's been years. Unbelievable win. I'm going to say it. I think it's the most impressive win of this season. I do. That was from Good Morning Football this morning, NFL Network, where Tom Pelissero does fantastic work and brings us his NFL insights every single Monday at 5 o'clock. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd back tomorrow. Uh, Rami doing the show out in Milwaukee. And, man, I think people maybe were wavering a little bit on the Niners. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the real deal? And last night was a stamp on the NFC Tom Pelissero. And it, I think it makes a lot of people wonder about Aaron Rodgers going to turn 36 next week as well. Well, I think that you look over the course of the season and it's not as if the Green Bay Packers offense has been this unstoppable force. I mean, they're not in the top 20 right now in yards. They're averaging like 23 points a game. It's really been the defense as much as anything that's driven them. You know, they got a lot of value out of Darius Smith and Preston Smith and Adrian Amos, uh, who they all signed in free agency. Obviously, some of the draft picks, the young corners playing better and better. That's the side of the ball that's really carried them. The offense has been a little bit stop and start. We know that uh, Devontae Adams missed a bunch of times with turf toe. I, I don't know that you draw broad conclusions about the future of Aaron Rodgers off a game like that. It just seemed like, you know, defensively, that was, um, you know, the best an opponent that's played against the Packers. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and then on the offensive side of the ball, they ran into the same buzzsaw that a lot of other teams have run into. You know, they lost Brian Belaga within the game. That always hurts. Belaga, of course, has dealt with more injuries maybe than anybody in the NFL during his career. Um, but when he drops out, that makes an impact when you have those types of uh, edge rushers on the other end. And think about this, 49ers didn't even have D Ford last night. You add him to that mix of guys uh, led by Nick Bosa who are coming after the passer. They're a, they're a dangerous, dangerous group. The corners are playing well. I mean, that 49ers defense led by the coordinator, Robert Sala, they really are uh, the real deal. And if they're able to run the football uh, the way that they have uh, at times this season, that's a, that's a tough outcome January. And and Aaron Rodgers certainly hasn't looked himself or like the guy that he was three or four years ago, Tom. But my my co-host here, Phil Mackey, twice now today, he said it once on the early afternoon show and then had time to think about it and actually did research to back it up, came back in the late afternoon show and said 
Kirk Cousins right now a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers? And I even said, well, if if you needed somebody to win you a football game today, is it Kirk Cousins or is it Aaron Rodgers? And he said, give me Kirk Cousins. I couldn't quite go that far just because of the track record and the sample size of Aaron Rodgers. And maybe maybe I'm getting caught up in in the brand name of Aaron Rodgers. Is it is it crazy in your opinion to say that Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers right now? Statistically, Cousins uh, stacks up very favorably uh, at this point. I think that one thing you have to consider here is both those teams are running similar types of offenses. It's the same. uh, It's the first year for both teams in that offense. But Cousins has a foundation and a background in it, going back to his days in Washington. You know, the track record largely has been, and of course we look at, you know, what Sean McVay did in year one with Jared Goff, there are exceptions to this, but, you know, in a timing and rhythm-based offense, it takes a little bit of time. And and when you see the Packers struggling as they have in a couple of games this year, it looks like the timing of absolutely everything is off. Everything has to be so precise for that thing to go. I mean, I think that Aaron Rodgers still has the improvisational ability. He's not uh, getting more mobile, I don't think, at age 35, despite all the yoga and the other things that he does to, to keep himself in shape. But he certainly can move you know, plenty well. He's still got plenty of arm strength, but you've also got a really young receiver group that they're still working with. And again, when the, when the protection's not there, that limits you in terms of how much you can push the football down the field, which is something that we've seen Rodgers do well. I mean, draw it up in the backyard right now, that's probably a little bit different than who can execute this scheme better uh, for one game. And, and the payoff is on the other end of it. The payoff for Matt Ryan and other guys has been down the line once you master it. There are guys that are going to be open uh, in this offense. Last night, there just weren't. And by the way, it's, it's Tom Pelissero's NFL insights here with with Mackie and Judd and Rami. Um, I my my opinion has nothing to do with the last ten years of Aaron Rodgers and the legacy. And I think Aaron Rodgers' body of work is you could you could put it up there in terms of just how good he is at playing quarterback among anyone who's ever played. But the fact that He's not in his physical prime anymore. Cousins is. Cousins, when you go through, you bring up you know the statistical side of it, Tom. When you start to go through some of the stats, I mean, Cousins, he's number one in the NFL in traditional passer rating, number seven in QBR. He's number one in the NFL in on-target throw percentage. Uh, Rodgers is 20th. Cousins is fourth in yards per attempt. Rodgers is 16th. Uh, Cousins is third in touchdown rates. Rodgers is 16th. And I get that there's a team dynamic and everything you just mentioned. So maybe... This is less of an. It's. I guess it's two things. It's a little bit of an indictment on Rodgers, but it's also a huge testament to the way Cousins has played in the last six weeks or so. Tom, he's ripping it. I mean, that's what Cousins has done when he's been at his best in his career. See it and let the ball go. Sometimes that gets him in trouble, but you know, other times again in that rhythm and timing based offense, that's a skill that you look for. Um, you know, I, I think you also look back. If you're making the comparison, I mean, when when Rodgers was lighting up the Raiders and the Chiefs a few weeks ago, we weren't talking about him, you know, being out of his physical prime. He looked pretty good uh, in that Raiders game when he had the perfect passer rating. You know, I think that he, he tend to get caught up in the moment sometimes when you're assessing quarterback play. But last night, I mean, plainly wasn't good enough to average 3.2 yards per attempt uh, and just struggle as the way they did as an offense. Part of that is a function of just the offensive line was struggling. They were going to have a hard enough time with that front, and then the right tackle drops out. you got to change some things. And then once the game gets away from you, you can't ride Aaron Jones anymore. you got to put it on Rodgers' shoulders. That's a 
that's an unfavorable position for any quarterback to be in. Um, but we'll see, man. There's still another uh, meeting between these two teams on the calendar next month, and that uh, if that game is as meaningful as it seems right now like it is going to be, uh, that should be a pretty fun one at U.S. Bank Stadium. And, Tom, when we talk about the, the success and the improvement of Kirk Cousins, a lot of people point to, among other things, but point to Kevin Stefanski, the new offensive coordinator this year. And I threw out a scenario last week a couple times on the station that this this looks to be becoming an offensive football team. That seems to be their strength, their identity, their backbone, whatever you want to call it. And Mike Zimmer, obviously a defensive-minded head coach, and I said, if people come calling for Kevin Stefanski and he seems like the, the new, hot, young offensive mind in the league and teams want him as their next head coach, you have to at least consider, if you're the Vikings, that you're an offensive football team now. Your head coach is in his 60s and, and maybe show him the door and just elevate Kevin Stefanski and hand the reins over to him as a head coach. Can you think of some kind of precedent for that, a team that wins 10, 11 games but still moves in a different direction at head coach because they don't want to lose what they think is a bright young mind on their staff? Well, first of all, Rami, I'd love to see you say everything you just said to Mike Zimmer about them becoming an (laughs) offensive football team and pondering. I'm not going to do that. uh, The scenario. (laughs) Mike, Mike, I want to run this by uh, you, buddy. It would be pretty fantastic. Mike was actually sitting a row behind me on the plane last night. I was coming back from the uh, cover of the Bengals-Steelers game in Cincinnati. You know, he's got his ranch over there, so... I uh, got a chance to catch up with him briefly after his uh, bye week break. No, I mean there are there are there's precedent for that. Um, one recent example was when the uh, Bucks fired Lovey Smith and elevated Dirk Cutter. Uh, that was a memorable one where they wanted to um, keep the you know the guy with the young quarterback. That was a big deal for them to a lesser degree, but there's some similarities. Uh, Freddie Kitchens being elevated in Cleveland. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is. Well-respected. He is really smart. He impressed in his interview last year for that Browns head coaching job to the point that they brought him back for a second interview. Um, you know, they were kind of committed to making Freddie the head coach, but in another world where you don't have an in-house candidate like that who's so close with Baker Mayfield, Stefanski well might be the guy there. I mean, I, knowing the relationship between the Wilfs and Mike Zimmer, it is a difficult scenario to envision. Let's still look at the you know the defensive statistics over the course of the season and really over the course of Mike Zimmer's tenure. He's had one of the best defenses year after year. It's you know the fact that you're even saying that this is now an offensive football team probably speaks to the fact that this would be the most balanced Vikings team that they've had. Even two years ago when they made that run to the NFC Championship game, it was a defensive team that just kind of needed Case Keenum to run around a little bit and make a couple of throws for him every game. You know, this team because they're so solid with the running back, Delvin Cook, because they figured out how to accentuate, in most cases, the strengths of the offensive line and cover up the weaknesses, because they do have weapons, and because they've got a quarterback playing at a high level, um, taking nothing away from Kevin. You know, it's not all Kevin. They've, they've put a lot of pieces in place over a long time. they got the right scheme in place. They've got the right veteran coach, Gary Kubiak, to help install that offense, but this is Stefanski's baby. He's the play caller. Uh, he's doing it really well, and somewhere he's going to be in the mix for head coaching job in this offseason. I'd also like to just point out here because there's, I feel like Mike Zimmer has gone into almost every season the last three years, anyways. With is he on the hot seat? Is you know what's going to happen? Is this thing going to? So this is his sixth year as Vikings head coach. He's fifty five, thirty five, and one. 
That's an incredible record. His his train wreck season was seven and nine. Train wreck in air quotes because it's not a train wreck. And I think that that's one thing that probably frustrates Vikings fans is right now Super Bowl is the only thing that is missing from the mantle, right? The Vikings are always competitive for the most part. They only have, Tom, if you go back, if you get rid of the first seven years of expansion, the Vikings only have like five seasons in which they had, you know, three, four, or five wins. They've ne- The Cleveland Browns did that every year for 15 years until the last couple of years. So I would just be, I would need to know for sure what's behind door number two, and I would have to feel very strongly about it to say goodbye to a 55-35-1 record, and I hope that people aren't just ready to, to, to jump off Mike Zimmer's bandwagon. Mike Zimmer has more wins than all but two head coaches in Vikings history, and the name of those two guys are on the walls of the stadium. That shows you within the context of Vikings history how good Mike Zimmer has been. Now, I think that some of the frustration, particularly among fans, and really, you know, even in, I'm sure, parts of the organization is just uh, they've had some inconsistencies. You know, the running joke has been, well, it's an odd-numbered year. This will probably be good. It's kind of the way that it's been, 2014 Adrian Peterson gets uh, suspended or put on the exempt list right off the bat. They make the quarterback change from Matt Castle to Bridgewater. Finish, I believe it was 7-9. 2015, they come back. You see everything working together. You can see him putting the stamp on the defense. That group gets better and better. Teddy's improving in his second year as the quarterback. Blair Walsh misses the kick. 2016, you come back. That season's a mess with uh, you know the injury to Bridgewater. They bring in Sam Bradford. He does his best, but it's an untenable situation. 17, another quarterback change. You go to uh, Case Keenum because Bradford gets hurt. You make the run to the SC title game, getting your doors blown off. And then last year was the, the big disappointment with Kirk Cousins uh, coming in. You know, the quarterback inconsistency, as much as anything, has influenced this. But you're in the, you are in the prime right now. This is the window. Mike Zimmer from day one has built that defense, and you need to have time and repetition in that defense to fully understand it. He's got guys in Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith who have been with him as long as just about anybody that he's been with. Anthony Barr has worn the helmet sticker longer than pretty much any linebacker uh, that Mike Zimmer has been with. Those guys are on a completely different level in terms of knowing defense. Uh, You don't want to disrupt that right now. The offense is continuing to make strides. Again, taking nothing away from Kevin Stefanski, I just don't know that you disrupt the fabric of your team. You've just got to hope. You don't have some disaster situation. Everybody's knee stays intact. You play up to the level that you need to in the big games, unlike Week 17 last year, and you believe you're going to stay on this track record, get into the playoffs. They're relatively healthy, which makes it a great time to have a late bye. There's no reason to think the Vikings are not primed to make a run here. They've just got to you know, play up to the level of the opponent uh, when they need to, something that – Last year with a playoff berth on the line, they did not do, and you can bet Zimmer that they get ready to head out there to Seattle. And then for those games they got coming up with Detroit and Green Bay and, and Chicago, he's going to be reminding them every every single week, you can't have a performance like they did last year when everything was on the line. That is Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights with us every Friday, or every Monday, I should say, at 5 o'clock. Uh, where can people find you on NFL Network this week? Uh, thankfully not a ton the next couple of days here. I do not have a Thanksgiving game, so thank you to Stacey Dales and everybody else uh, for taking that grenade. I will be hitting the road. I'll be at the Vikings on Friday and then hitting the road to Seattle. I will have all day preview coverage on NFL Network Monday leading up to that uh, big primetime tilt with the Seahawks. Right on. All right, Tom. We'll talk next week, man.
Sounds good, fellas. Cool. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Tom Pelissero. Uh Can we stay on this Mike Zimmer thing for a few minutes here? Because sure. I think the, yeah. this this is a it's a your uh, initial premise of I don't I don't disagree with your premise of if you think the hot coordinator younger uh, maybe more of a fit for the next five to eight years of the NFL uh, you should you should consider those moves if they're in front of you and Exhibit A is. Minnesota Vikings, 2006-2007. Brad Childers was hired to be the Vikings head coach in 2006. And I get how impossibly hard this would be to pull the plug after one year. But Mike Tomlin was his defensive coordinator. And after one year of being a defensive coordinator, Mike Tomlin started getting interviews. And mm-hmm. and the Steelers started sniffing around. And at first, it was actually uh, it was sort of, not reported, but it was sort of speculated that Mike Tomlin was the Rooney Rule interview for the Steelers, but he impressed right. so much. I mean, that door opened for him and he impressed so much they gave him the job. And obviously, if you're a Vikings fan, Vikings and the Wilfs, Mike Tomlin probably would have been a better coach over the 10-year period uh, compared to Brad Childress. Although Brad Childress did help lead the Vikings to an NFC Championship game. I just think in this case, the only coaches with at least 40 games under their belt or more as head coaches... The only coaches with better winning percentages than Mike Zimmer right now are Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, and Sean McVay. And that's a pretty damn good list, Rami. That's a really good list. So does that mean that you're not interested in the scenario I'm laying out? I think you got to let this ride out. I, I, I honestly think you have to let this ride out until it becomes more obvious. Till the wheels fall off. You're going to rock this bad boy till the wheels fall off. Because... Collar, Collar talks about this all the time, and I, honestly, it's it's the thing that made me start thinking about this, which is that the window for, for defensive football teams, for teams that are built on their defense, and that's the strength of their team, and that's, that's what's going to get them wherever and however far it is that they're going, that window is much shorter and much smaller than it is for teams who build on a quarterback and an offensive-minded head coach and, and, and a high-powered offense. Those windows tend to stay open much longer. And quite honestly, when when you look at what, what Mike Zimmer has accomplished, when I brought this up to Danny last week, he said, you know, the fail, he, he termed it as the failures of Mike Zimmer in allowing this defense to decline. And I said, well, I, I wouldn't even term it a failure more more so than just a natural progression of what happens with an NFL football team, and specifically an NFL football team that's built around defense. And really, if you look at it, the fact that Mike Zimmer has kept the window open for as long as he has, being a defensive football team, is is quite the accomplishment in and of itself. But you also have to wonder, how much longer can he continue to do that? How much longer can he keep this window open as a defensive football team? And if you think that window is is starting to close and you run the risk of losing a a good thing in the continuity that you have between Stefanski and, and Kirk Cousins, who you now have deemed better than Aaron Rodgers... I think you have to think about just closing that window and opening a new one as an offensive football team. But you can't be there. This is where people and teams make huge mistakes. When, when someone's a hot coordinator candidate, it's usually because they're great at scheming and game planning. And to some extent, I'm sure communicating and leading, but the communicating and the leading and the vision part of it, that's the head coach's job. And you, you find out the hard way real fast. If, if you hired a coordinator who's good at scheming or if you hired a leader, because once you go from offensive coordinator to head coach, guess what? You're not scheming as much as you used to. You're, you're, you're too busy orchestrating 
the 30,000 foot vision of the football team. So that's, that's one thing too that now has Mike Zimmer been perfect in that regard? Has he had some communication issues internally? Yes. Like Mike Zimmer, uh, there was a, there was a huge issue four years ago and it culminated on the field against Green Bay where, where guys were basically calling their own plays on defense and ignoring certain things. I remember and, that, yeah. And that was that was that a problem. Was but, that was really ugly. But I think Mike Zimmer has gotten a lot better at that CEO aspect of being a head coach. And I just keep going back to, well, let me, let me, let me address uh, you and Danny uh, talking about, I think you used the word failure that you, uh, when you guys were talking about uh, the defense this season. So I don't, I don't think you can say that a top 10 defense, as measured, by the way, by uh, points allowed. Let's just go off points allowed. The Vikings are a top 7 defense in the NFL points allowed. And I get that there's different ways to measure, but that's that's a pretty pretty standard way to measure defense. How many points are you giving up? Is sure. it a failure? Like, is, is the gap between where we thought they should be, which is, let's say, the third best defense, and where they really are, which is like 7th to 10th, is that a failure when your offense also takes a big step forward? You know, you're the head coach of a football team, and defense is your specialty, but if the team is better, that's where I have a problem with calling this season a failure defensively. It'll play out. if Listen, if they get to the playoffs, and now it's really time for the defense to step up, and that unit's the one that gives up 38 points to the 49ers in the second round of the playoffs or something, like, all right, let's talk about failure. But I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say the Vikings have been a failure in that regard this season when they're eight and three and the offense has taken a step forward. The coach gets some credit for that too. Yeah, and that's again, I was I I was the one who said I think it's it's a bit too far to call this a failure, but there is there has certainly been a regression in Mike Zimmer's defense. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you agree to that? There has been, yes. And and if if that's going to continue. And I don't see how it doesn't because you're locked into so many guys who are a part of the core of this defense, and you're locked into them to some extent contractually. I know there's always ways around that in the NFL who are in the either plateauing or in in the uh, the declining side of their career. I don't I don't know what what purpose it really serves to keep on riding Mike Zimmer till the wheels fall off. I'd rather let go one year too early than one year too late. Sure. It like what 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 if Kevin Stefanski leaves this year? And I'm not saying that that is necessarily a a death knell or or a death sentence by any means. You might just slide Gary Kubiak into there. I saw Twitter and Matthew Collar brought this up earlier. What if you what if Pat Shermer is fired by the Giants and you slide him back into the offensive coordinator thing? There are ways I think to keep this offense chugging along and keep my Mike Zimmer at the top of this whole thing and calling the shots, but if 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 you're looking at in a year from now, after you let Stefanski go and and the offense takes a big step back, we're all going to be sitting here going, man, we probably should have cut 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 loose with Mike Zimmer a year ago instead of waiting until a year too late. You hear that sort of philosophy all the time with players, not so much with coaches. But I'm I'm always on the side of I'd rather get out too early than wait until it's too late and my team finds itself in a hole. All right, that's Rami. And by the way, the phone lines are 651-646-8255. I'm Mackie. Judd will be back tomorrow. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app.